So I want to begin uh, just by highlighting a passage that always comes to my mind around this time. It's Philippians chapter 3, 1 through 14 from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. This is a passage that truly for me kind of speaks to the New Year's time. And I'm going to read through a little at a time, share some of my thoughts and reflections to encourage you, and then I'm going to open it up to you to share. So begin by reading uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. Let me stop there. So he begins just by warning the Philippian church about these false teachers who are specifically trying to, to teach them that it's not just about faith in Jesus, it's also following the Jewish laws, particularly circumcision for men. And so these false teachers are saying, no, no, it's not enough to just believe in Jesus. You also need to convert and be Jewish as well. And Paul is telling him, no, like that is not at all what the gospel is. The good news is that Jew and Gentile alike, Jews, non-Jews alike, by trusting in Jesus and his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his resurrection from the dead, you are saved. You're perfect in God's sight. You're righteous. You're right with God. You don't need to follow that up with anything else. It's not, salvation is not Jesus plus anything else. We might say it's not Jesus plus speaking in tongues. It's not Jesus plus baptism. It's not Jesus plus the sacraments. Jesus plus belonging to a specific church or denomination. Jesus plus good works. No, it's just Jesus. Amen? That's salvation. That's what Paul is reminding them. No, don't listen to those false teachers. Salvation is found in Jesus. As he said elsewhere in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So he begins by telling them, reminding them, it's about the gospel of grace. And he's telling them, listen, if anyone has reason to put confidence in their own works, if anyone has a stellar spiritual resume, it's me. You want to compare spiritual resumes, Paul says, I'll put mine up against anybody. But then he continues in verse 7 to say this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. So again, he says, listen, I'll put my spiritual resume up against anyone. Pharisee of Pharisees, tribe of Benjamin, zealous for God, all of these things, he says, they count for nothing. Not only do they count for nothing before God, he says, they're, they're, I put them in the lost column. Because all they do is get in the way of my desire to know God. Anything that gives me confidence in the flesh just gives me, it gets in the way of my desire to know God. 
You know, you might think anything that you have that you boast in gets in the way of truly going after God because you're resting in something else other than knowing God. And he says, I want to know Christ. That's my goal. That's my desire now. Even to the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, whatever it takes to know him better, even if it means walking the road that he walked, suffering the way he suffered, that's what I want. It's my goal. That's all I want in life is just to know Jesus. And then he continues to say this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's a good verse to keep in mind as we come to the end of a year, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As you look back at the year that was, there might be some things that you are very happy to leave in 2021. There might be some things that you just truly wish when it turns to January 1st that you could just forget and leave in the past. Maybe you went through some really, really difficult circumstances that you'd be happy to forget. Maybe it's just the sin and the struggle in your life that in your mind as you pass over to a new year, you're hoping they are left in the past. Amen. You're just saying, you know what? That struggle, I want to be a thing of the past. And this new year to be a new beginning where the things in the past are left in the past. But in Paul's case, it's more than just forgetting difficult circumstances, forgetting sin. Look at what he's talking about here. He is saying, whatever level, so to speak, that I have reached in my spiritual walk, whatever level of righteousness I've attained, I don't want to settle there. You know, I don't want to get to a point where like, oh, I've, I've arrived. I look around and I'm kind of elevated above the rest and I, I'm good. I'm just going to coast for a while. No, he says forgetting what is behind. Whatever place I have reached in my life and in my faith and in my walk, forget what is behind. Forget where I've reached. I am going to continue to strain towards what is ahead. I am nowhere near my goal of knowing Christ, of being like Him, of walking in righteousness with Him. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So I'm going to forget what's behind. It's like my boys play soccer, and it's like after you score a goal, sometimes the team will yell out, like, zero, zero, right? They want to, like, don't rest. You don't want to think that you're up. Like, pretend it's zero, zero. Let's play like it's a tie score still instead of the way you're up. It's that same idea here where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to feel like I've arrived. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I'm going to press on. I haven't already obtained everything. I have not already been made perfect. I'm going to press on. When I look back at the year that was personally, it was an interesting year. In the beginning of the year, I don't remember what day, but it was January. In the beginning of January, I kind of looked to my right. I had a book of bookshelf of books that I hoped to read one day. 
and rarely get to. A lot of them have to do with prayer. And I saw one book that was called Why Revival Tarries by a man named Leonard Ravenhill. Uh, and I picked it up, started to read it, and it just destroyed me and, and just cut straight to my heart. It was a book that completely just revealed the opposite of what Paul is talking about here, this complacency, this, this coasting in my life, this, uh, I don't know how to put it into words, but it just cut me to my heart recognizing how much God had in store, how much his desire was for me, for our church, how much he had available if I would only humble myself and pray, if we would only seek him and pray. And it was just cutting me to the heart as I read. And I was hoping as I read that it wouldn't be like, oh, remember when I read that book? But it truly would be something that would begin something new, you know? And it has this whole year been a year of of really seeking God in prayer in a, in a new and unique way. And so as a church, while we were going through reading the Bible, and that being the focus, my heart was as we went into 2022, that the focus would be on prayer and revival. Revival for the church and prayer for the lost. Praying as, we, as I went through 2021 that he prepare my heart for that. Because I have not arrived. And any time that I think it's, it's, it's time to coast or that I'm, you know, could kind of, get into some groove here. It's, it's just not the way it is. It's not what the Lord intended. That he has so much more in store for you, for me, for us. And so forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I want to press on toward the goal. This verse in particular, these two verses were part of this year for me. This is when all the needs in the church started to arise and Peter said, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We'll turn the responsibility, this is the responsibility of feeding some of the widows who are in need, over to them, and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. He said, first and foremost, this is what the job of those apostles, those elders, those pastors is supposed to be, prayer and the ministry of the Word. And this year in our church was very much about the ministry of the Word, seeking God's Word in community and, and, and reading God's Word in community. And this other part about prayer, That's what this year is all about, coming up. But what it's going to mean for us to go deeper in prayer, specifically revival for the church and prayer for the lost. Last passage I want to share with you is from Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, remember Hebrews 11 was all about all the men and women of faith throughout the Old Testament following God. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's like if you think of 2022 as the starting blocks, right? It's like this is the great passage to have in front of you as you enter 2022. It's like you're in the stadium surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses who have gone before you, men and women of the faith who live their lives for God, who now enjoy eternity with him. Surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And how are you going to run that race? 
says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. As I often say, the joy that was set before him was you. It was having you restored to a right relationship with him, having you with him in heaven. That was the joy that was set before him. That's what allowed him to endure the cross, scorning its shame, was to restore you to God. So fix your eyes on Jesus as you enter 2022. The one who died for you. Fix your eyes on him. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on, encouraging you. Throw off everything that entangles. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Let us press on. Amen. Amen.